It is Locked On Jazz special live edition coming your direction for the 24th of September. Training camp starts Monday. What should we be looking for and what are we getting ready for? ESPN ranked did what to Rudy Gobert? Do we need to remind everyone how good he really is? And we'll fire it up with you in a live audience special edition. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we're live right now on Locked on Jazz. Thanks to Rebecca, who dropped me a note that said, you're always our first listen. So I appreciate that. Uh, Great to see it. Hashtag first listen. All right. uh, Locked on Jazz today. Let's start off with ESPN Rank, and then we'll get to your questions. Thanks for all who are joining us live on YouTube and get your inner place. So the ESPN Rank came out. We'll get to their top five in a minute. But Rudy Gobert came in at 25th. I just can't go with this. He was at 26th last year. They're pretty consistent. They they say, hey, he collected Tim McMahon, knows his stuff, collected his third defensive player of the year. He's statistically elite as an ISO defender in each of the last three ever. However... Let's let's get into a few details here, like about Rudy. Like, bef- like how can he be twenty fifth in the league? Let's start with lineups. Okay, let's just start with Rudy's lineups, because clearly the reason Rudy has to be twenty fifth is because he must have some negative impact on the game to not be ranked higher when he was arguably the best player on the team with the best record in the NBA. So last year, when Rudy Gobert was on the floor, the defense was in the 98th percentile. 98th percentile. I go find every other player in the NBA who, while on the floor, is in the 98th percentile of something, I promise you they're ranked better than 25th. I promise. They're, they're, they're just, he's the best defensive player in the league by a mile. And they win 50 games any year in which he plays because he automatically puts a team in the top five defensively. This is not like something, two years ago, his defense was actually only okay in 1920 when he actually, I thought, had a little bit of an off year and the defense only ranked to the 80th percentile. But you keep in eighteen nineteen the defense ranks for in the ninety sixth percentile, and the seventeen eighteen season when Rudy Gobert's on the floor, the offense ranks in the ninety eighth percentile. Like every year, guaranteed. There's not another player in the league that can do this on 
either side of the ball where their presence immediately puts you into the 98th percentile three of the last four years in the 94th percentile four of the last five years. But clearly the reason that Rudy's ranked 25th in the NBA is because of the offensive inability the team has when he's on the floor. Like being in the 91st percentile last year offensively when he's on the floor. 91st percentile offensively when he's on the floor. In the 1920 season, we were in the 78th percentile he's on the floor. In the 1819 season, we were in the 64th percentile. And in the 1718 season, we were in the 56th percentile. So he's actually gotten better offensively every year. And quite frankly, we got rid of playing two centers at the same time for an extended period of time, which destroyed our offense every single year. If you look at Rudy every year, when he's on the floor with a stretch floor, we're dominant offensively. And those stretch floors have been Jonas Jurebko, Tavo Cephalosha, Joe Johnson, and a bunch of guys who are out of the league within a year. Like, seriously, think of the stretch fours that Rudy Gobert has played with in his career with the Utah Jazz. None of them actually played the next season in the NBA other than Jay Crowder. None of them. They didn't even play the next year. And he was, we were good when he was on the floor every single time. Like, let's dig into the details of, like, well, what is he good at? Well, we're the best pick-and-roll defensive team in the entire NBA. All right, well, that's only the most run play in the game. Again, he must really hurt you offensively, except for the fact that, like, he's the best pick-and-roll big in the NBA. So we're going to rank him 25th. We're going to find a player that automatically puts you in the top five in the NBA defensively, who who is an asset offensively, and we're going to put him 25th in the league. Because in a playoff series against the LA Clippers, when they spread him out, nobody else could guard someone. Okay? So you can negate his impact defensively when you spread the floor with five guys, drive, and no one can stay in front of their man. Like, that's true. Partially due to injuries. No question Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell weren't moving as well as they could have. Partially due to injuries. Partially just of an avalanche of things. Okay? You can do that. You can triple team Steph Curry, and if they all miss shots... Do you blame it on Rudy Gobert? Excuse me, do you blame it on Steph Curry? Because that's what you're doing. When you blame the Jazz defensive playoff failures against the LA Clippers on Rudy Gobert, it's the same thing as someone double-teaming Luka Doncic, him giving it to Josh Richardson and Josh Richardson missing. I know Josh Richardson now plays for the Celtics. Double-team Dame Lillard, give it to Norm Powell. He misses, blame it on Dame Lillard. Triple team Steph Curry, and and he doesn't get the ball because you can't double Steph. You have to triple him. Okay. I'm not lying here in the sense like I'm some ignorant fool who doesn't understand that in this league, offense is probably more important than defense. That is, that is to some extent true. 
There are as many offensive possessions as defensive possessions, and there are very few players in the NBA who their presence on the team immediately gives you 50 wins. Think about that. I believe that the minute Rudy Gobert is on your roster, you're winning 50 games. Someone's going to have to score. People can score. If you go into the top five defensively, which you do the minute you have Rudy, you're, you're a top five team in the league defensively. So who did they rank ahead of him? Carl Anthony Towns, are you beeping kidding me? Carl Anthony Towns is loaded with skill, loaded with talent, and has never won anything as the best player on his team. He's a terrible defensive player. He's a wonderful offensive player. The defensive rating with him on the floor last year was a 115. Rudy Gobert is not a negative offensive player. Carl Anthony Towns is a negative defensive player. Carl Anthony Towns might be as good offensively as Rudy Gobert is defensively. And if we want to put it on a teeter-totter and say that offense is more important than defense, which I guess, maybe, sure, sort of, go there. But you then can't take the next step and say that a guy who's not detrimental offensively compared to a guy that is detrimental defensively can be ranked the same. Zion Williamson. Same. I love Zion. I think he's terrific. He's not there yet. They didn't make the playoffs. He's terrific. He averages 26 points a game. Would I rather have him than Rudy long-term? Probably. I would trade Rudy for Zion. I'm not, I'm not lying. But that's because of the future and where it's going. But he doesn't average a block or a steal a game. He does nothing on the defensive end. I think we could trade Zion for Rudy. We don't win more games, though. We might be better five years from now or have a chance to have a dominating championship-level player. But if we trade Carl Anthony Towns for Rudy Gobert, we lose games. We do not win as many games. If we take Zion Williamson for Rudy Gobert, we do not win as many games. Drew Holiday, 22? Come on. Bam Adebayo. Really? Like, I love Bam Adebayo. I, I, I think he's terrific. He's only 24 years old. He's going to be great. He's got some incredible skills. He gets the, He's not as good defensively as Rudy. He's pretty good offensively. He's a great passer. I really like him. I'm still, like if we traded Bam Adebayo for Rudy Gobert, the Jazz win more games this year with Rudy Gobert. Kyrie at 20. Pretty incredible talent. Chris Middleton at 19. Hard to quibble. Donovan at 18. Okay, this just gets into a question of like, you know, very hard for us. We always discuss like who's our best player. Very hard to tell. I think I actually would generally take Rudy. Donovan's working that direction though pretty quickly with his efficiency and his playoff performances and things of that nature. I think it's getting close. Trey Young at 17. Jimmy Butler at 16. He had a great year last year. He was basically all NBA. Devin Booker at 15. I have a little bit of a problem with Devin Booker getting all this stuff over Donovan Mitchell. He is bigger. He is a little bit more versatile offensively. You just compare the two numbers. I'm not sure. Like, I, I'm I, like if Chris Paul had gotten hurt in the second round of the playoffs and the Suns lost, right? We'll talk about that when we continue. It is Locked on Jazz. I want your questions and your comments and your thoughts on the live audience today. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We're here every day for you as your first listen. Locked on Fantasy Basketball has been doing incredible work with Josh Lloyd. So if you're looking for a second listen today, jump all over that. The Murdochs are doing just really, this is such an incredible thing to me. That the Murdochs, 
are taking the time and the, thought this through instead of gouging their the listener their, their 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 buyers right instead of the community what they have done is decided that they will not offer more or excuse me they will not take i'm really screwing this up all right so the murdoch the car world is crazy right now you can't get a car anywhere right Everybody is adding MSRP on top, five, ten thousand dollars Blake Murdoch has decided we're not doing that. He literally said to me, I'm not going to church, looking someone in the eye and knowing that I raked them over the coals for extra money because I could right now. It, it's just not worth it. We're, we've been here for 85 years in this community. We're going to be here for another 85 years and we're going to have that relationship. So nothing over MSRP at any of the Murdoch dealerships, which is truly incredible. Cars are hard to get right now. Here's the story. The Palisade, the incredible Hyundai 2022 Palisade. There will be one October 24th and another one coming in October 25th. You want to jump on that one silver, one's white, one's premium. In stock right now, the 2022 Tucson, there's a limited edition red one. There's a 2022 Santa Fe calligraphy black in stock today. A 2022 Kona SEL silver. 14 more are coming in between now and October 26th on the Kona. There's an Elantra Blue that's in stock today, and a, a silver one came in yesterday at Murdoch Hyundai. And so keep an eye. Those are in stock right now. If you're in the market for a car, it's hard to get one right now, and the Murdochs will not do anything more on MSRP. So jump aboard. Email me first if you want to at DLOCK09 or rush over to Murray, to Logan, or Lyndon and get in line for the cars I just talked about that are in stock right now. Get a new one and drive off the lot this weekend. If you want to email me, I'll set up a VIP meeting for you at any of those places. It is Murdoch Hyundai located in Logan in Linden and at 4646 South State Street. Today's show is also brought to you by Direct TV. Direct TV stream. It's probably got to get it done in our house too. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows all in one place. No more one device for this, one device for that, this coming from there, that coming from this. These Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. And you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Directtv.com for Direct TV Stream. All right, let's get to your questions, your comments, your thoughts as we're live on YouTube today as well. Thank you very much. If you've subscribed to our YouTube channel, we appreciate it. We're free and available on all platforms. Ryan says, why does it seem like so many NBA experts have no clue what they're talking about? Well, Ryan, I think there's two different things here. I think one is that they actually are pretty good. Like if you look at those guys, they're all pretty good. They know they do know what they're talking about. There's a recency bias that is taking place on some of these items that is leading to, you know, like Rudy. And to their credit, they had Rudy in the same spot a year ago. I think Rudy had an unbelievable year. So I have a really hard time with us, you know, you take the guy who basically was the best pick and roll defender in the league. And you take the guy that was the best pick and roll roller in the league. The only player in the NBA that's in the top 10 with two different guards on the defensive end. The only player on the, in the league that's on the top 10 offensively with different big men is Luka Doncic. Like, like that's the level we're talking about here. So I think when you look at those two play, when you look at those, I, I do, I do find it really, really hard to believe. I don't think that they're like, they, they just don't value the same thing we do or they don't see it every day. That's the only thing I can kind of come up with. And I think that there's a recency bias. There's a feeling out there that as good as Rudy is, that when it comes into 
a season into the playoffs, then all of a sudden it doesn't matter anymore. I'm not sure I think that is fair. Um, I think the Jazz have some real weaknesses, like guarding the ball. And if they don't guard the ball, then it really doesn't matter. But yes, if you don't guard the ball, you can take Rudy Gobert out of his, you know, out of out of the game. Like we saw it, right? Rudy did not have a defensive impact in the final second half of that game against the Clippers because they spread him out. The one I think is really interesting is what we alluded to a moment ago. And that is Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell. It's a really fascinating comparison. So first thing is they both are 24 years old. Donovan takes a shot and a half more, this is on last year's numbers, than Devin Booker. Both of them play with veteran point guards. Donovan is a far more active and better long-range shooter than Devin Booker. He shoots 39% from three. Devin Booker shoots 34. Devin Booker is an unbelievable two-point shooter at 54%. And the two of them, if you take their effective field goal percentage, which weighs two and three-point shooting, Booker actually comes out ahead at 53.3 to Donovan's 52.0. Okay? They take the exact same amount of free throws a game, and they make the exact same amount of free throws. They rebound the exact same amount, four rebounds per game. And their assist rate is almost the exact same, except for Donovan gets one more assist a game. So Donovan scores 0.8 points more, takes an extra shot. Their efficiency shooting is similar. Devin Booker's slightly better. Their rebounding is the exact same, and Donovan's one assist better. Who's the better player? Per 36 minutes on the court, Donovan scores a point and a half more. Donovan plays both point guard and shooting guard. Devin Booker really only plays shooting guard. He really has stopped playing any type of point guard. Defensively, I don't really think either of them are very good. Like, who's the better player, Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell? Now, Hey, when you're ranking these, it's easy for us to sit around and criticize because if you've ever done them, it gets pretty hard. But you have you have Devin Booker at 15 and Donovan Mitchell at 18. Frankly, what you're saying is that the two of them are the exact same. Trey Young is at 17, which is a really interesting jump from 29, certainly because of his playoff run. He's taking the opposite jump here. He only made 34% of his threes. He only made 31% of his threes in the postseason. He is one of the truly elite, unbelievable passers in the game for a guy at his size. But I have a question. Like, I don't I don't know if you took, like, let's just take it right now. You have a team, call it Phoenix or Utah or Atlanta, any of the three, and you have your choice of Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, or Devin Booker. Which player do you win the most games with next year? Now, if I'm taking Trey Young off Atlanta to do this and I put Devin Booker on that team, his lack of point guard skills probably means he's the last choice. The way that roster is constructed, he would be the last choice because they need a point guard. I put Donovan Mitchell on the Atlanta Hawks instead of Trey Young. Who wins more games? I put Trey Young on the Utah Jazz instead of Donovan Mitchell. Suddenly Rudy's backing up his lack of defense. I move Donovan Mitchell to the Phoenix Suns. I think they win the same amount of games. It's a pretty interesting little debate there. 
Chris Paul comes in at 13. That seems like he deserves some credit for that. Paul George comes in at 12. I have a feeling that number could be higher. I can't believe I'm bullish on Paul George. The one I've really got a problem here is that Bradley Beal scored 30 points a game and jetted up everyone's rankings. And I don't know why. I'm not convinced that Bradley Beal's year was that much better than Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell last year. In fact, I know he won a lot less. We'll compare those and take more of your questions when we continue here in a second. And then think about training camp, which opens on Monday. Hey, it's, and they're going to Vegas. Why are they going to Vegas? It is locked on jazz. We'll get some interesting comments from people about Rudy as well, as we have the live show coming your direction today. Thanks very much to everyone involved. Fantasy basketball has been blown up, ruined, and destroyed because it's really become who's playing the most games. So in 2018, fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball is broken. They started a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball, and it's called Game Pick. It's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensure an even number of games between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent played more games are over. So in Game Pick, you're actually choosing one game per week for each player, so player matchups, if you're playing the Jazz and Rudy Gobert, you don't want to be on the game and you don't want to play, right? You don't want to be it. That's why we do that. That's why he's better than 25th because if Devin Booker's playing the Jazz, you're saying, I don't want that. <clears throat> so whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. It's the most strategic fantasy basketball game experience you'll ever have. Download the Sleeper app and start with Game Picks League. Create awareness around the great league that is Sleeper app. Go get some friends, do it, and have some fun with Sleeper. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Yes! Is it still available? Let's go. It's live. The show's live. We go to Built.com. And the drama, the excitement, it is still there! Cookie dough chunk, baby! 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. Still available, cookie dough chunk, along with all the other great flavors that are available. You can get a mixed box, or you can build your own box. It's still the great macros, 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 sugar grams, 4 carbs, and 17 proteins. I'm about to go out on a kayak uh, and I'm going to go grab my built Bar first so that I've got the juice and energy I need, and I'm going to have a cookie dough chunk because they sent it to me before, and I got it, and I'm lucky, and I appreciate it. It's all at built.com. By the way, before we uh, hit this final segment today, uh, again, thanks for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of every day. Locked on Fantasy Basketball is a great second listen for you. I was going to check betonline.ag's NBA team wins as we go into it, where did we end? Where do they end up? So have any lines moved? Utah is at 52 on the over-under. I would go over. Phoenix is at 51.5 on the over-under. I might go over. I really like Phoenix a lot this year. Lakers are number one at 52.5. So Lakers, according to betonline.ag, 52.5. Sun, Jazz at 52. Suns at 51.5. Who do they have as fourth? Denver? I'm doing this kind of, I'm scanning this. I wasn't totally prepared. Denver's at 48 and the Warriors at 48. Don't see that. Dallas is at 48.5. Do see that. So Dallas is the fourth. Denver is the fifth. Warriors are sixth at 48. Clippers are playing game at 44.5. No chance. Go over on that. I'm bullish on, I cannot believe it, but I'm bullish on Paul George. 
Um, 44.5. I think Paul George is going to have an MVP caliber season. That team's going to win a lot of games. And Portland's at 44.5. And I'm bullish on them too. The play-in game is going to be one of those two teams. I'm going to tell you this right now. One of those two teams, Clippers or Blazers, is going to be at 48, 49 wins, and that's going to be the playing game, which suddenly means like a team like Utah at 52, managing Mike Conley, if anything goes wrong, the play-in game is going to loom, loom, loom large, and I'll say it again. As Adam, as Adam backs me up here, the Lakers will be game 60 and have to hit the gas to avoid the playing game. That is like number one thing. Bryce, with an f- interesting comment on our live show, says, how ironic would it be if Rudy was ranked 27th? Fuel the fire, ha-ha. Ryan says, is a championship the only thing that would kill the narrative of Rudy's unplayable in the playoffs? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't know if a championship or at least getting the finals or getting, you know, had we played Phoenix and he's going up against DeAndre Ayton the whole time, Ayton's really, really good. And I love Phoenix this year because Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton are all going to get better. But if, if we had suddenly played the Lakers in the first round where they're playing a big and Rudy can play the whole time, we play Denver in the second round and he plays because Jokic's in, and then the third round he plays and we're playing Aiton and he can be Rudy Gobert the whole time, then that changes it. We got the Clippers who could go five wide at 6'8", 220 in every position and just drive by our guys, spread Rudy out and hit a million corner threes. You know, like, that's, that's what happened. And that changed the narrative. And that's not fair. It's as I said earlier, like if you triple team Steph Curry, like that's right. All right. Continue on their rank. Harden's at 10. Really at this point. So Bradley Beal at 11 is a problem for me. Like I just don't really. I, I He's a great scorer. I think he's just taking a ton of shots. He's a terrible, terrible defensive player. He has simply stopped playing defense since he's become that kind of offensive player. And if you look at their years last year, the two 24-year-old, and it doesn't, you know, he's 27. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, somehow Donovan didn't, uh, oh, they, somehow Stathead doesn't have me logged in. So give me one second to compare their years. So if you look at them last year, Don, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker shoot the exact same percentage. Bradley Beal takes three shots a game more than Donovan Mitchell or, and four more shots than Devin Booker. Both those guys could do that if they want to. Three-point shooting. Donovan's at 39%. Beal's at 35 and Booker's at 34 Effective field goal percentage. Devin Booker and Bradley Beal are the exact same. Donovan Mitchell, as we said, is less. Booker's Bradley Beal's taking one and a half free throws more per game. Their rebounds are virtually the same. Donovan's got one more assist. Than like, Devin Booker and Bradley Beal are virtually the exact same, except for one won a lot last year, played with a better point guard than Russell Westbrook. But I ha- So I, I just can't go here that Beal should be 11. Again, these are all so close. That Booker should be 15 and that, that Donovan should be 18. To some extent, in, in fairness to ESPN rank, 11 through maybe 25 with, with Rudy are all kind of, I think Rudy's being gypped there a little bit, are all pretty similar. And then when you get to, when you get to the next guys, Paul George maybe on the other side of this, but when you get to the top 10, Paul George will be in this group, I think this year. I do just think that he broke through in the playoffs. He's going to have a marvelous year. 
James Harden at 10 is just better than everyone we've talked about. Anthony Davis at nine can be. He was not last year. He was number two ranking. He slipped to nine. He was not good last year. Um, But, like, Anthony Davis is pretty darn good. Dame Lillard is pretty darn good and special. Joel Embiid is pretty good. Jokic they have at six. That seems harsh for me. Like, he, like... They're, they're killing Jokic for the embarrassing defense the Nuggets had against the Suns. Like, he was the best player in the NBA last year. Steph Curry at five. Incredible year. Luke at four. I, I think I got Jokic ahead of both those two guys after last year just to give him the respect he probably deserves. LeBron at three. It's probably the lowest he's ever been. Giannis at two and Durant at one. Hard to quibble. Does feel like Giannis should probably be one after what he did last year. However, like certainly Durant was wildly special in his just unstoppable play all year long and particularly in the playoffs. Does feel as though maybe Giannis, you know, Middleton was certainly supportive um, and had Harden and Kyrie Irving been healthy and been supportive maybe. Um, you know, the 50-point game by Giannis to me earns him number one. But again, these are all, they're all pretty close together. Like when you get into this NBA rank thing, like frankly, you get one through 10, we'll take any of them and all of them. And it's probably interchangeable tonight. And there, and I, Paul George kind of, I almost put it this other level where he's not quite 10. He's not, he's better. Like all these guys are talking about Devin Booker, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal, like Paul, you're taking Paul George over all of them. If Paul George plays at his length, his defense, his offensive defensive play. But he's not quite James Harden. Like, I almost, like, if I'm tiering this, I would have, like, those top 10 in one tier. I'd have Paul George in, like, his own tier. And then I would have 12 through, like, 25. I haven't looked at what 26, 27, 28 is. Kind of in their own tier. Like, we can't really tell you who we think is our best player. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. It depends on the day. Depends on what you need. Is Donovan Mitchell better than Devin Booker? Like, I don't really have a definitive answer there. Probably. I think he can do more. I think Devin Booker like really needed Chris Paul. But frankly, if Donovan Mitchell had been in Phoenix and Devin Booker had been in Utah with Rudy Gobert all these years, Devin Booker, we would we would think has been way better than he's been given credit for. Like not having having Rudy has been wonderful for Donovan. Devin Booker never's had Rudy. Bradley Beal has Rudy. Maybe we think totally maybe I, I stopped it like I wouldn't be as quibbling about Bradley Beal. Because he's got a defensive player behind him that does all these things, and then he's great. And then I think he's then I think then I think he's fine at twelve. Trey Young has Clint Capella and it covers up a lot of stuff. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, Donovan and Rudy just work beautifully together and are maximize each other at their at their ultimate level. And what teams have realized, like if you really think about it, if you really want to take what happened to the Jazz in the playoffs to Rudy Gobert, is he so great that the Clippers figured out a way to take him out of all aspects of the game, which is the criticism to him is that you can actually do this. It's the equivalent of triple teaming Steph Curry. Stop running any pick and roll offensively because you can't score if he's defending the pick and roll and stop and defensively on the other end, switch one through five. So it's really hard to play with Rudy Gobert as because then Rudy Gobert's not setting the pick and roll in the same way like that. that and you're holding him on every time. Like that's what they do. So that's really what the Clippers did. They moved him. All right, preseason starts Monday with training with media day, and then we open up with excitement of all 
They're going to Vegas for a few days. I, I don't think there's any media. I don't think anyone else is going. <clears throat> I don't think there's going to be a lot of availability. Um, and then we end up with the last, then they come back Friday. We'll warm it on up. We head out to San Antonio and Dallas um, for two ball games uh, in the preseason. Why Vegas? I think to almost recreate the bubble. Get the, the Hey, their last experience is a bad one. Their last experience is getting run off the court in LA, losing four straight, and there's they need to bring this thing back. To, I'm not saying it's split, but you need to bring it back together. Understand what made you great. Understand and confront the problems of why you lost. Figure out how you're going to get back on track. The schedule really lays out the three mini training camps. One here before they play, one between the two preseason two-game sequences, and then a five-game, six-game training camp right before the season starts. We're here. We got through it. The offseason's over. Woohoo! Jazz basketball is kind of back. I'll really dig into training camp, the questions of training camp on Monday on the show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be going live most days during the world. It's easier to go live. I like the interaction. So we'll be live. So subscribe on YouTube to be notified of when we're live. Listen on all apps. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen today. Now for your second listen, go listen to Locked on Fantasy Basketball as Josh Lloyd gives you the breakdown of all the NBA and gets you ready for the fantasy basketball season. Have a great one.